A ghost can be a lot of things. A memory, a daydream, a secret, grief, anger, guilt. But in my experience, most times, they're just what we want to see. Stephen Crane, The Haunting of Hill House. Halloween, all you Holly weirdos out there. We wanted to do something a little different for Halloween. Last year, we had the wonderful opportunity to do a live show at the haunted yet famous Pasadena Playhouse where we were able to meet the woman in black. This year, we were invited by Bizarre Los Angeles to help facilitate a ghost investigation and seance with the wonderful Zachariah the Witch. Join us on this very special episode as Hollyweird Paranormal goes back to the historical yet haunted Harris House in Glendale, California. Learn the history of the Harris House along with its haunted history with its owner Robert Koshlin and haunted by history author Craig Owens. Learn about the hauntings that reside within the walls of this home. Who is the creepy man that makes his presence known in the rooms around the house? What other entities are found and felt? So grab your sage and your EVP recorders. Gather your salt and your pendulum as we cross the creepy threshold to go through a ghost investigation and seance at the historic Harris House in Glendale, California. This is the history and haunted history of the Harris House, or as some like to call it, the Widow House. There are weirder places than Hollywood. Hey boo, hey guys, here's a little side note. The following episode contains live interviews that were conducted on October 29th of 2019 at Bizarre Los Angeles' Ghost Investigation and Seance at the historic Harris House in Glendale, California. Unfortunately, Bryce wasn't able to attend due to schedule restraints, but don't worry guys, we still managed to squeeze him into this episode. Now, let's get Holly Weird. The Harris House is a two-story, single-family residence located in Glendale, California at the southwest corner of Wilson Avenue and Cedar Street. The home was built in 1902. It is an outstanding and remarkably intact example of residential architecture in early Glendale. A comparison between the current structure and a photo published in a 1904 brochure produced by the Glendale Improvement Association suggests that little has changed over the past 116 years. I'm actually 117, so I remember that. Stylistically, the house is a transitional hybrid that emerged as an ornate Victorian forms were rejected in favor of the more organic, horizontal qualities of the craftsman style. 
It was built before Glendale's 1906 incorporation and its original address, 304 West 3rd Street, reflects the time when the city's east-west streets were numbered and north-south streets were indicated by letters. The first owner of the house was Harriet Harris, a widow who lived in the house until 1917 and for whom the house, the Harris House, is named. There are some gaps in the subsequent ownership history, but it is known that Anna M. McCrea and her daughter Catherine lived in the house between 1921 and 1942. Mary Roseanne Reese acquired the house in 1942 and ran a boarding home for women from the home. The upstairs bathroom recalls that time with its dual toilet stalls and dual showers. It was then bought by Eileen Daviton in 1981, and she and her husband John Manis sold it to the current owner, Robert Koshland, in 2013. According to Robert, it seems like the past owners of the house may not have moved on. In other words, it's haunted AF, so good luck, girl, and the investigation. Okay, bye, and bye to all the ghosts. Hey boo hey guys, welcome to Glendale, California. Join me as we walk up the little steps to the front porch of the historic Harris House. Now the house I know is a little intimidating, it looks a little scary, but I promise you it's all worth it when you step inside. As we make our way through the threshold, we are greeted by Craig Owens, who is the brainchild behind Bizarre Los Angeles and the author of Haunted by History. You see, he's the one facilitating and conducting the ghost investigation on the second level of the house. We're greeted by owner Robert Koshlin and his wife Cleopatra. As we make our way to the second level, Craig Owens has everything set up for the ghost investigation. We have our K2 meters, our EVP voice recorders, and our thermometers, just in case it gets a little too chilly. We make our way downstairs to the parlor as we go into the seance room. There we're greeted by candlelight and a beautiful table ready for the seance that will be led and conducted by Zachariah the Witch and his assistant Valentine. I could tell you that the energy is pretty thick and somewhat imbalanced. Let's chat with Zachariah the Witch before we lead into the seance and the investigation. I'm standing next to the fabulous, the one and the only, Zachariah the Witch, and you are looking fierce tonight, first Thank off. You. So you just set up for the seance. Mm-hmm. Tell me, just walk us through, walk our listeners through your process of setting up and getting grounded, pretty much your like your whole like thought on it and process. Um, so, I mean, some of what you said is how I do it. I usually try to get grounded, but mm-hmm. I don't usually tell my whole process uh, unless someone is actually here, they get to witness it. But mm-hmm. um, my assistant was actually in this parlor with me and she got to experience when I actually opened myself to channel. I've never had anyone else in the room with me when I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it immediately got cold in here. So. Wow. Um, that's usually what I do is like I walk through the whole building, I get a vibe, I take a baseline, That's because that's the scientific way to do it, right? right? Get a baseline, see what's going on, 
And already we've all, in tandem, before anyone could even verbalize it, have agreed that the energy is heavy here this time. Um, I've never been here before, mm-hmm. and that was the first thing that came out of my mouth in every room upstairs was, it's heavy, my chest is heavy, I feel sad, right. um, I'm even short of breath right now. So I could tell you're a little different because I've been in a seance with you. You're like a little more comfortable, mm-hmm. but here it's got, and it's not the corset girl. It's like no. something else. It's, it's, it's when I open myself, it's got, it's a totally different vibe. Um, so I usually, when I do the process, we'll call the directions, form a circle of protection. And then we just see what spirits come forward. Um, I'm based in logic, so I don't try to make things up. If I don't feel anything, I say I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting anything. I'm not sensing anyone walking towards the circle. And that's the case that some people don't understand is sometimes spirits don't want to talk to you. Sometimes they want to stay and leer in the corner or not even show up at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of why I usually open myself up when I'm alone in the space is to let them know. I'm comfortable with you if you're comfortable with me. Right. And that's kind of what we felt was like they moved in. But the second the group came this way, they moved. Right. They left the room. Even my assistant said it. She's like, oh, they just left. I was like, yep. Oh, wow. So I'm, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to rock. I'm a little <laughs> anxious because the energy is really, it's getting intense with more people here. So. It's very interesting because uh, Craig Owens is doing something very different. And I've seen this done in other museums and tours. You're not giving us, and not anyone in here is given a sense of like the history nope. or haunted history or experiences. And like, I'm sure like other investigators with you, they don't tell you anything. That's the, yeah, that's honestly the best way. That's on, for me. I um, that. that is honestly the most uh, confer- uh, what is that? called affirming way of doing it um you i feel like you're not biased when you go into it cold i mean there was a building i even did in ohio where i was blindfolded and they had me sit in a room and they're like where are you what is this and there was several things that came forward and i I, that was the first time i'd done it i was terrified i was i was like 19 oh my god well anyone would be terrified being blindfolded in ohio i'm sorry (laughs) but hey dive head first try it out (laughs) you know that's the best way to work that psychic muscle that everybody has you know so um it's exciting i'm looking forward to what's going to happen well thank you so much for chatting with us zachariah the witch has definitely got some style dressed in black lace and black stockings with a black turban with just the right amount of accessories to balance his look. I met Zachariah the Witch a few months back at the Dial Marcus. We had a wonderful discussion on tulpas and hauntings. He brought up a really good point. Sometimes it's not just a place that is haunted. Sometimes it could just be people. People tend to carry energy with them. And on this night, he definitely picked up on energy that people carried with him. But not only can he feel it, he can definitely see it. We make our way to Valentine, Zachariah's assistant, as we get her input on the house and the pre-festivities. All right, right now I'm talking to Zachariah the witch's assistant, Val. Hi. <laughs> so Val, um, pretty much just walk us through what you're feeling. I noticed in the like just right now you were just uh, kind of I guess getting a sense or a grounding of the area. Is that correct? I was actually following something. No way. <laughs> um, I just kept getting called into this room, and I actually can still feel it now. Like I, I personally feel like I want to cry. It feels like it feels like confusion, and it feels like like whatever energy is here. It. it it 
yeah, it just feels like they don't know what's going on and they're they're kind of nervous, maybe maybe even scared. That's what I got when I walked in, it's like yeah. nervousness and anxiousness. Yeah. A little apprehension. Yeah. And then um so yeah, I'm actually kind of like fighting off tears right now. Like I can still feel them. Mm. So I was just like walking around and like trying to pinpoint the spot exactly and then as I got closer I got sadder and I got colder and um yeah and I just I feel like I feel like somebody or a few people or something definitely wants to say something tonight so hopefully uh, now did you notice the energy shift when the tour group came in oh absolutely um so I call Zachariah my witch mother so uh, when called I him ma yeah. called her mom <laughs> yeah, mommy so dearest mother like that's who I'm talking about so like when mother was opening herself to channel um like I started feeling like coldness but then like as the tour group started getting closer to us um like the it just the temperature evened out again and it was it was so strange like there was no breeze like that's the first thing I look for like where are the vents like right that's what I noticed too several windows are open in Mm -hmm. this location in the bottom floor yeah, so, but, like, they've been open all night, and, like, I, I've you're been... You're feeling it more intensely throughout yeah. the night, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's some... Ooh, I could tell you're still feeling... You have this... Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I certainly do. Just feeling a something right now. So, yeah, like, I feel like something is definitely wanting to say something. So we'll see what happens. Thank you so much for that this quick chat yes, with me, absolutely. and good luck with the rest of the seance. Thank you. In the background, you can hear Craig Owens conducting a tour, a walkthrough tour of the house. There's a total of close to 20 people that have made their way to the historic Harris house for the ghost investigation and seance. You see, Craig Owens decided to do something very different with this investigation and this tour of the house. Just give him little key points of the history of the house But do not, by any means, tell them the haunted history, the stories of each room within the house. Let them make their own assessments, not based on the stories that they are told. This is something that I definitely went through and experienced at the Haunted Museum of New Orleans, which was open about 12 years ago before they closed. You see, the curators decided to do something pretty smart. Just allow the guests to learn about the general history of the location, but by all means, do not share any of the haunted history. Let them walk through the house. Let them feel. Let them get a sense of things. And then by the end, let's have a postmortem and share what we experienced. Sometimes when we walk into a haunted space, we expect to be haunted. We expect to see the ghosts before us. But sometimes, if we allow the haunted house to speak for itself without knowing its history, you'd be surprised with the amount of things it's dying to tell you. The 20 attendees were divided into groups of 10. 10 were downstairs with Zachariah and Val, as the other 10 were led by myself and Craig Owens up the wooden staircase that is lit by candlelight. Great ambiance, right? 
Then the 10 were separated into groups of five. I'm given five individuals to investigate one of the rooms that hasn't been investigated before. I called it Grandma's room because a few years ago, Robert Koshlin had the grandchildren of one of the owners visit him at the house. He was so gracious to allow them to tour the house. And when they finally went upstairs, they kind of stopped in front of the doorway and looked at him and told him that they were never allowed inside this room. Why? Because it was grandmother's room. She didn't like anyone in her room. Robert Koshlin originally had someone living in the room for a while until they finally moved out. But they did get weird vibes in that room. We'll go into the stories later. But during my first paranormal investigation of that house, we were not allowed to investigate that room. But I did take a picture of the front of the room and I did capture a light anomaly. I tried to debunk it before the investigation and came up with nothing. There was just no rhyme and reason for it. It turned out that a couple in my investigation group had captured the same light anomaly except that it wasn't in that room. It was in a different room. And this room was another guest room adjacent to grandma's room. And whatever was in there was certainly making communication with us through our K2 meters. Here is the investigation that we conducted in the guest room. Mind you, we didn't get anything in grandma's room, but for some reason, we definitely captured something in the second guest room. We're in the second guest room. Adjacent from the original room where we had originally caught no evidence. <laughs> so we're going to set this right here. If there's anyone that wants to make communication, please do so by speaking into this mic. Possibly making the K2 light up a bit, maybe to yellow or red. So we have some returning visitors, including myself. I'm sure you're familiar with them. But they caught something in this room. We just want to know if it's you. Can you do that again on the K2? Let us know that you're here. You let it light up again. Can you do that again? Was that you that they caught on the camera last time? Right here in the corner? Oh. Hello. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> Are you male or female? Light for a male. Marking uh, door opening. And it just lit up too. <laughs> So I'm guessing male. Are you a male? Are you the old man up here? Are you the old man up here? I caught you on my first EVP here. You're a little sassy thing. Because <laughs> when we asked you if you were old, you were like, I'm old. 
<laughs> well, thank you for communicating with us. Do you like uh, Do you like us being in here? Can you light it again if you want us to stay here? Light to green if you want us to leave. We are so sorry, but we wanted to talk to you. Can you do us another favor? Can you knock on something here, on a table or on the wall? Is that too much for you to do since you're old? Are you the reason why? Oh, hello. <laughs> I guess you really want us to get the F out, huh? <laughs> Are you the reason why the energy feels a little heavy downstairs? You don't want anyone being in here, huh? You wanted to have a quiet night. I understand. <laughs> we'll be out of your hair in a few hours, unfortunately. Yeah, please get out. <laughs> Do you remember the two folks here? The gentleman in the flannel and the woman in the hat. Do you remember them visiting this room? No. Hi. <laughs> Good to see you again. Because I swear I see something flying around. It's always the corner and it happened again. Mm -hmm. and then Do you like the fact that Robert opens his home? Is that a blink for yes? Blink for yes if he does. If you like that, he he opens his home to people like us that want to talk. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> you want us here? You want us to to go? <laughs> You're like I don't know. I think you guys are growing on me. <laughs> Can we ask for you in the seance? Yeah. Yeah. Can you make it light to yellow? If uh, come on, make it light to yellow if you want us to to continue staying here and asking you questions because we're having fun. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. We really appreciate that. Are you the reason why something happened downstairs a month ago? Was that a yes, light to yellow? 
did you not like that object downstairs? I mean, I'm sure it clashed with everything else. You could like to yellow for yes and like to green for, for no. Inserting a side note right here, guys. So what you heard in the background was just a bit of white noise that was due to the AC in the very beginning of our session. Finally, Robert turned it off so we can have more of a clear EVP session throughout the investigation of the second guest bedroom. The second couple that you hear in the background was a couple that did investigate the house a few months back after I did. They captured the light anomaly in this room, to which is why we feel like we're getting a lot of response here. This is a very active room compared to grandma's room. There is another couple here, and I will share my theory on why I think that this is not what we thought it was in the very beginning. And you'll listen to why I come up with this theory later on when we do a postmortem on our stories and experiences, especially what was pretty much, I guess, conjured during one of the seances, especially with this couple. Now, we had two of our K2 meters and my voice recorder on the bed, and we were noticing that whatever was in that room was definitely making communication with us through the K2 meters. We believe that at first it was an old man. You see, Robert Koshlin and other people who have stayed in the house have witnessed and seen this old man in and around the house. Robert has mentioned the story, and you'll hear his story in postmortem that he was awoken one night to see a man sitting at the foot of his bed. Both him and his wife witnessed it. And during my first investigation of the house, I caught an EVP of an old man saying old after one of the guests of the investigation asked, how old are you? Now this leads to the story of what happened downstairs in the parlor room a few months ago. You see, this was all actually documented on one of Robert's cameras that he had installed inside the house. It's like one of his security cameras. It has motion detection. Robert woke up at 4 a.m. in the morning a few months ago to what sounded like a loud thud in the parlor room. The next day, he woke up to find the taxidermy head of an antelope that he bought from a friend on the floor. And how it ended up on the floor he still doesn't know to this day, but he caught the footage from what you see, a force pulling the head off the wall and the head falling onto the floor of his parlor. We'll soon learn why that head ended up on that floor of the parlor. And if you're curious to see the footage, Bizarre LA on Facebook has it documented on their Facebook wall. So if you go and search for it on their posts, you'll see it. It's quite an intense video. Now, let's continue with the rest of the EVP session in the second guest bedroom. Does anybody else want to ask it a question? You're like, no, we're fine. We're good. We're fine. We're good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you want us to move to the next room? We have about 12 minutes left. I want to know if you can make a knock on a table or on a wall. Knock on a door. It's outside. Yes, marking steps outside. Do you just stay in this room or? Or 
can you move throughout the house freely? Can you light up to yellow for a yes, if you can move throughout the house freely? Or is that a no? Light up to green for no, if you can't go throughout the house freely. That was a yes, you can? Now you're messing with us. <laughs> you're messing with us, old man. Can you make it go to yellow again? Thank you so much. Kinda don't wanna leave you now. <laughs> Is there anything next door? Can you like to yellow if there's someone living next door in the next room over? Okay. Are they shy? Cause we're trying to talk to homegirl or homeboy next door and we weren't getting anything. Can you like to yellow if it's a woman next door? No, I'm okay. Oh, it's a woman next door. Do you have a crush on her? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I was like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your room, marked to yellow for yes. If this is your space, this is your domain. Thank you. Thank you. Hell yes. 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 <laughs> That's what I feel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Does the person next door bother you? No. Nah, she's cool. Not too bad. She's alright. <laughs> so we all get along, all the people who are in this house. Oh, maybe not. there trouble between the different groups that stay in this house? Oh, that was a good question. That was really good. Is that why you just stay here? You're minding your own business, doing your ghost things? You get in everybody's business, don't you? <laughs> Mark to yellow for yes, or green for no. No. <laughs> I like to double. <laughs> uh, we could go into the next room. We have five more minutes. I know we want to stay here, but you guys have to see the next room and, and of course, investigate. Um, I want to say thank you to whomever's in this room. No? Okay. <laughs> it's like, don't go. <laughs> no leave. All right. Thank you so much. Thank and um, maybe follow us to the next room if you want to hang out.
We soon managed to investigate the rest of the rooms on the second floor, but no dice. Nothing compared to what we received in the second guest bedroom. Soon, we transitioned the groups. The group that was investigating the upstairs first finally went downstairs for their seance. And the first group downstairs to do the seance transitioned upstairs to do their paranormal investigation. There was definitely something with this first group, and we'll learn why. According to Zachariah the Witch, the second group that conducted the seance with him was very intense and very emotional. A lot of them were definitely carrying something or someone with them, for sure. Now, I'm sure you guys are wondering, well, where's the recording of the seances? And out of respect for the individuals that were part of both groups that were doing the seance, there were a lot of personal things that were brought up. And out of respect for them, I wanted to keep that private. But we'll definitely do a post-mortem with Zachariah right now. And you'll hear in his voice that it was a pretty intense second session of the seance with the second group. And here's his postmortem. Talking with Zachariah, we're doing a postmortem. So he just got done doing two seances and he's a little shook. I think shook is the word. So compared to our discussion in the beginning, how do you feel right now? little swirly a little um it's starting to go away but the second group was um very emotional and people cried people are still crying in the other room right now i saw them there was a there was a lot of stuff that came forward we had a guest um i randomly got the image of a man and a motorcycle and he was dead and he was very peaceful and calm but he came right behind the guy that i directed it to and i said who is this man that passed motorcycle and he started crying and he said it was a week ago so that was uh his friend landon i believe he said Wow, um, chill. Yeah, but that was it was a very direct message. Um, there was also just a lot of like forgiving and letting go of pain and things that needed to happen. Uh, it was a it was a very different group. At first it was very stagnant. People were very closed off. I even said at one point, let's do a breathing exercise because fifty of you are here. Fifty percent of you are just like closed off. Right. And the second we changed our mindset and got on the same wavelength by breathing, I was like, do you feel that? And everyone's like, oh, that's, I was like, that's where we should be together. Right. Otherwise, they don't want to come forward and they don't want to talk to us. Um, but we didn't get any noises this time. We didn't get any weird breeze, cool, chill kind of things this time. But the air got very hot and very thick very fast. Oh, wow. And that was weird. It was not like that at all in the previous group. I, we believe that because when we were upstairs, nothing was going on upstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised because it was heavy when we first got here. Yeah, you know? it was. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my goodness. But, um, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. You seem like you're getting a little calmer now. A little better. <laughs> I have my shoes off. I'm grounding myself. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guys. So here's my theory. There's a lot going on with this first group, especially during our paranormal investigation. Compared to the second one that I had with me upstairs, nothing happened with them. It seemed like whatever energy was with the first group went downstairs with them for the second round of the seance. So here's my theory. As you heard Zachariah said, one of the individuals of the second group had an attachment, a young man that was connected to him by the name of Landon. And I remember this gentleman in the first group 
talking to me about his job and about how much he loved his job and the people that he encountered and how there was this one person who recently passed, a young gentleman. So I'm wondering, was that young gentleman with him in the room when we were doing the EVP session in the second guest bedroom? Could it have been Landon that was trying to communicate with us through Matthew, maybe? Could be. Now, we'll approach our post-mortem as we sit around with Robert and finally share the ghost stories connected to the historic Harris house. And other people chime in with their findings and experiences. Mind you, none of them knew any of these stories before entering the house. Here's our postmortem with the group. or uh, prerequisite kind of stuff. Um, Inserting a side note, who we're listening to right now is Zachariah the Witch, and he's giving his general assessment of his reading when he first entered the house. Remember that he had no clue to anything, any of the stories or people that lived here before, anything of the haunted history attached to the location, as you'll hear him describe right now. Every room I went into, I just felt like I was interrupting someone. I felt like I was bothering them. Um, this room especially, like there was one point where it was, uh, I was in here and then these doors were shut and you were introducing and doing whatever we were doing and I thought that another guest was here. I heard movement in this room. And then when you brought us in here, there was no one here. We heard nothing moving around anywhere else in the house. It got very still the second we went in there. But I felt, again, I was bothering a man who was very grumpy. And then he came forward in the circle during the seance. Um, upstairs, the room with the dinosaur figure felt very heavy. It also had a strange musty smell, but maybe it's because the doors haven't been opened in a while. Um, there's a lot of heavy feelings upstairs. There was also, um, there's like that boudoir thing. It just felt like, I felt a little sad for a second, like I was missing someone and it was a lot of female energy in there. But then you also had said that there was women and a girl's thing and, um, but it was even beforehand. And then uh, we got, God, we got a bunch of names. Where's Valentine? Where's, where's my assistant? Shit, uh, she remembers names better than me. Um, we got the name Robert, we got uh, Ed, uh, shit, what was it, Edward? Ed? Um, we got... Um, no, Henry in the first one. Henry, God, it was like yeah. An L I'm so Alice. bad with it. Laura, Laura, and then... Um, Alice. Alice. Alice was very fidgety, moving around. Um, Sorry, there was a lot going on. First group was so different from the second group for us. Uh, first group, we had a lot of noises. We had a lot of feelings. We had a lot of names. Second group was a lot of emotions, a lot of tears, a lot of heaviness, and a lot of it just, it was very still and uncomfortable. We all said at one point we were uncomfortable, and we just kept trying to change the vibe, change the energy. Um, we did have some direct communication from uh, people who are connected to those of you that are here. Um, we had a, a young man come forward and he, sh he walked right behind, what was your name again? I'm sorry. Matthew. Matthew. He walked right behind Matthew and he showed me a motorcycle and he had his, his hands on his shoulders. And the second I said that, that was the connection. He knew exactly who it was because he said he'll know exactly what this is. Um, and do you want to share that really quick? Sorry. I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh, 
Not really. Um, okay. So anyways, it's it was someone who had passed, and it's very recent, and that was the connection was how they passed. So, sorry. Um, um, other than that, I'm having a hard time recalling. There was a lot that happened. Um, the dog, we saw a dog earlier before all of you got here. Um, got the name Alice. You had a connection to your, your beagle. Yes. Um, uh, there was also, I'm trying to remember what I saw. Lord. Um, that room in the front, I uh, saw someone poised like this in the doorway. Saw them in the reflection of the mirror several times. It was a woman. Grumpy man in here. Grumpy man did not want to come out here. Was annoyed that we were talking. Um, upstairs, heavy, heavy, heavy. Just stagnant energy. Um, and that's all I really got right now. I'm a little tired. So, um, But thank you, everyone, for being in the group. I appreciate it. So, I hope that's enough information. <laughs> Does anyone want to share anything that they experienced or saw or anything? I just um, I felt grumpy man. When we were sitting here during the cocktail party, Naomi's here I was here, I just felt this angry pressure like oh. like didn't want this here or didn't want yeah and I would you I, I hadn't heard that before your grumpy man story and that's it's not here now but in this room I felt this and I just felt yeah exactly what you're talking about like the get out yeah so <clears throat> that's I, there's so many different things that have happened in this house and, and mind you I've never been scared once and for, of any of these things it's never been a scary thing it's just been a like weird thing other people have been scared I think it maybe depends on your perspective I'm very ambivalent about it I'm just like whatever sometimes it's <laughs> bothersome more than anything um, but the grumpy man's funny because that goes back to the very first night I stayed in this house um, I was previously married and my ex-wife and I were moved into this house and uh in, in getting this house, it was a very high-stress uh, situation, um, mostly for her. Uh, and the first night we slept in the house, she woke me up in the middle of the night, and she said, there's a man in this room. And she's like, and he's sitting in the chair across from the bed. There was a chair, and the chair had come with the house. Oh, wait, wait, before you say that, do you remember that? When we were upstairs, I said I felt like someone was here, and they were watching across the bed a lot. So yeah. that's interesting. Okay, I well, so yeah. there's, there's some things about this. So that in particular, uh, so she's like, you need to move the, the chair out of the room. And so a lot of furniture had come with the house. And I don't have very much of this furniture left. So I took that chair and I brought it down and put it in the entryway. And it's not there right now. It's actually moved into the room on the end that has the Chinese bed in it. So it's in there now. So maybe two months after that, we had um, a psychic come through and didn't tell her anything. And she walked through the whole house and then came back with all this like stuff. And one of the first things she said was, what do you think about the guy that sits at the end of your bed? <laughs> She's like, and he's kind of, and he's grumpy and he doesn't have a place to sit. So now he's sitting on your bed. And like, <laughs> and she said he was afraid of fire. He had a, some kind of thing with fire. Um, and so, um, yeah, so the, there's been a kind of a repeated thing about this kind of grumpy man. It has, it has to do with this chair, though, this, this old chair that came with the house. It it's, looks like it 
came with the house, like originally came with the house, and it's, it's in the other room. Um, so that was, that was like literally the very first thing that ever happened um, in coming to the house. Um, in the first few weeks of living in the house, it was like a nonstop marathon of unusual activity. Uh, the front door would open at four in the morning, just in the middle of the night, set off a burglar alarm. The stereo in this room would turn on. Uh, the TV would turn on. Always at a very inconvenient time, like four in the morning. Um, just nonstop. Things would, ha- things would turn on, things would turn off. Um, but a lot of times stuff would turn on in the middle of the night. And there was a time where the stereo turned on, the front door, which had been deadbolted, wide open, the burglar alarms going off. Um, so it was like, it was kind of, it really was kind of a hassle for a while. And then that settled down. Um, but, uh, sometime after that, about a year after that, a number of other things kind of went down, but, um, probably one of the most, there's been some, several dramatic, very dramatic things had happened. So like, I'm not going to bore you with every little weird thing that's happened, but I'll give you the things that are like the kind of stuff you see in a horror movie about, uh, ghosts. (laughs) <laughs> because like the and like and the reactions that one has when these things happen are very similar to what people do in movies. And you're like, why are you doing that? Well, it's like because you know it's the movie, right? So like when you hear this thing downstairs, you get out of bed and go down to investigate, right? You know, it's just like one of those things. And it's like, and you're thinking like, this is what happens in horror movies. But it's like I gotta go see what's going on. Like, what am I gonna do? Call the police and tell them to come? You know, it's like you go look. You know, or do I just stay in the bedroom and like like worry about it? You know, so. Um, so the most dramatic things, uh, that have happened, the stereo and the front door opening is pretty darn dramatic, and it was, like, really a hassle, like, it, it, the door would open over and over and over again, and finally it stopped, and, like, it never, never, it's never happened again, um, but the, I saw, uh, two figures, um, and this was a very dramatic and very, like, kind of, like, weird experience for me, um, Two other people have seen, no, three other people have seen these figures. Uh, well, sorry. Two other people saw them with their eyes, and then a bunch of people saw them when they took a photo, um, which is something that I can show you. Um, so it was Thanksgiving, the night of Thanksgiving in 2014, I want to think, say. And a bunch of people had been here uh, at the house. I uh, do a Thanksgiving thing with family and friends. And uh, I had one friend who had previously kind of lived here as a roommate, and then she was very, like, scared of, like, kind of paranormal stuff. So she was always, like, very skittish. And that night, around 10 o'clock, we were hanging out in this room uh, playing uh, Cards Against Humanity. And she said, something weird going on, I'm leaving. And then she just got up and left, like, and specifically she said something spooky was going on. She left. So that night... Um, I went to bed, um, and, uh, my ex-wife, uh, was there and she was staying in a different room, the guest room that some of you were there. The, um, the one with the dinosaur. Yeah. Um, my sister actually was downstairs in this, uh, opium bedroom. Um, and, uh, there was a few other people scattered around the house. I was by myself though. And I stayed, I couldn't sleep. I was kind of up and I was like, thinking around the internet and I'm playing you know sending moves to people and like words with friends but like at a certain point which is around four o'clock 
you completely run out of things to do. You've read every news story. There's no news stories coming out. You've looked at everybody's pages. You've played all your games. You're really just done. There's no more inter internet's over at 4 a.m. pretty much. So unless you're going to go down some rabbit hole researching stuff, but I was kind of like not into it. So I was like, I should really try and go to sleep. So I turned off the lights. And the minute I turned off the lights, I noticed this kind of movement in the room. It was above the doorway, and it looked like, and I'd seen it once before on the wall, it looked like cigarette smoke. It looked like cigarette smoke that was slowly moving uh, over the surface of the wall. And then I saw it kind of around the doorway, and it was a little on the ceiling, and it just kind of like, I didn't, it didn't make up the whole room, but like the room... It was like being in a cave where they have like um, bioluminescent lichens or something. The room was like illuminated by this cigarette smoke. Not completely, just kind of around the door and part of the room. So I was like looking around and thinking, um, that's interesting. And before I saw this, I was in a very uh, agitated state. I was really not a happy at this time in my life. I was very sad, just kind of depressed. And as I'm watching this, I started, like, my mood really started to improve. I was just kind of like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, wow, look at, check this out. And I'm, like, looking at it. And then I see in the corner of the room, if you've been, you've been in the master bedroom, there's a big mirror on the wall. Um, the bed was on the opposite side of the wall it is now, and I was sort of facing where that mirror was. The mirror wasn't there. It was just the wall. And I saw what appeared to be two figures like with a kind of a head and shoulder but like not like arms or anything just kind of like heads and shoulder and a body but indistinct made of this smoke this like cigarette smoke like that was moving as like a bluish gray um and i was like wow like like ghosts or something you know and i'm not necessarily even a person that super believes in ghosts but i believe that there are a lot of things that we don't understand um and i believe a lot of like interdimensional things and stuff so Anyway, I see these figures, so I'm all like, hello. <laughs> so I literally said, hello, can you see me? Hello. And they came right up to me, like, just like, like, oh, again, like a movie, like they floated, <laughs> like, didn't, you know, just like, Bleh. and they were like at the, at the bed, like, and I'm like kind of sitting up in bed now, and they're right there, and I'm like, you can see me, and I'm ecstatic. Like, I was so happy. Like, I had, I felt this, like, amazing, like, weird joy. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. But, like, they didn't say anything. And they kind of were just there and maybe leaned in a little. And, and then later I'm thinking, like, they are probably like, do you see something here? Like, what, <laughs> is there something there? And I was like, oh, my God, they can see me. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, what, you know? And I'm like, I don't know what to say or ask or, but you, they're not saying anything. And then, like, they kind of moved back a little bit. And then, like, it started to kind of dissipate. And then it was black. And when it went, the room went black, I felt this weird, this is the only time I've felt scared about, I was scared. I was like super scared. And then I was like, what just happened? Like, did I just die? Because like, I saw a light, I saw these figures, I felt really happy. I'm like, this is literally what people say when they die, you know, and then they come back. And I was like, oh my God. So I was like, what the hell? So I turned on the light and I'm like, you know, I'm okay, all right, I don't, like, that was weird. So then I'm like, can I do it again? So I turned off the light, nothing. Turned it on, turned it off, 
And so I didn't know what to do. So I, I decided the only thing I could do at the time is I posted about it on Facebook. Again, it's like, it's like 4.30 in the morning now. So I write this kind of like general synopsis of what I just experienced. But it's like, I didn't want to spend too much time writing it. And I posted it. And literally, I post it. And I get a text, like immediately. And it's my ex-wife. And she's awake. And she's like, oh my God, I just woke myself up from a night terror because I was dreaming that the ghosts were in the room with you and I could see them. I was afraid for you and I was trying to wake myself up to get in the room with you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, cool. So, so anyway, she came in, we, we had a huge talk about it, but she literally dreamed seeing that happen while I was experiencing it. And then weirdly, the, another thing happened like maybe a month later that was similar and, and and there's a bunch of and again i'm not going to just like go through everything that's ever happened but there's a lot of things that have happened that someone else dreams about at the same time uh that it's happened so uh one have you guys heard, heard the doorbell here yeah yeah it's terrifying if you haven't heard it it's terrifying it sounds like a school bell from like the 1950s like time recess is over um four in the morning the doorbell i woke up i was like you know, no one rings your doorbell at four in the morning for anything good. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, you know, my experience, like, is someone going to try and break in and kill you? Uh, one time at my other place, someone was actually dead on my doorstep. That's a whole other story. Um, so I was like, what the hell? So I, like, opened the window of the bedroom. I yelled out, I'm like, someone down there, you know, what do you want? No, no response. So, so I got a gun. And then, like, I came down and I'm like, gonna like check it out so I like basically kind of did a scan uh, my ex-wife was still living here at the time she was downstairs in the room that has the Chinese bed so she was in that room uh, I didn't go in there I just kind of like walked around the house checked all the windows checked all the doors looked out in the yard didn't see anything went back to bed fell asleep next morning I woke up totally forgotten about it down in the kitchen and I was just drinking coffee and she comes in and she's like, oh, I was just chatting with your sister. And I was like, really? What, you know, what's going on with her? She's like, oh, apparently she had this like really intense dream with you in it last night. And she dreamed that the ghost wanted you to go downstairs to do something. And I was like, really? That's weird. And I was like, well, you know, I got up this last night because someone rang the doorbell. And I like, I did go downstairs. And she's like, nobody rang the doorbell. I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, well, I was like. I was like, well, they got me downstairs, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do, so I didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, I just, like, walked around. So, you know, so, like, some weird stuff like that. And so I'm going to tell you about two more incidents. And, again, there's, like, kind of an infinite supply of these, like, little things, but two more dramatic incidents. New Year's Day, uh, a couple of years ago, it was the year that Westworld came out, so whatever year that was, because specifically we were watching Westworld. Um, I had seen Westworld. Um, but two of my friends uh, had not. So on New Year's Day, they came over and we were upstairs on the couch um, in pajamas watching Westworld. And uh, it was after, it was the afternoon. It was like probably one in the afternoon, but we had all the curtains closed and the blinds drawn just because it was easier to see. And I was kind of thinking because like I was kind of spacing out. I had already seen it. So I was kind of like, they were watching it. And I was kind of like thinking to myself, I felt, I thought, Really sad right now. By the way, I'm not really sad anymore, but like I went through some sad periods. I was like, I'm really sad because it coincides with that. Um, and as I thought that, there was this insane crashing in the room. We all screamed, and 
we're like, what the hell? So we paused it, and then we like turned on the light, and then we're like, what possibly happened in here? And right here, if you see this little circular thing, that yeah. wooden plug, that plug uh, covers what was a vent that a wood-burning stove would have been attached to. And if you look around the house, they're all over the place. They are all attached to like an old um, system, a chimney system, but it's completely sealed. It's not part of any of the existing um, anything. In fact, in this one, which is connected to the one upstairs in the TV room, uh, there's just a bunch of wires that are running for like AC units and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not functional with any kind of air system. Well, anyway, that plug, just like that, plugged into the wall, had shot across the room and hit the other wall. Um, upstairs, the, the, literally the distance from this to that wall, it had shot across and hit the wall. With enough force, it probably would have severely hurt somebody if they were sitting there. We were all sitting here, so it had flown right across our faces and hit the wall. Um, so then we, we discovered that. We were like, wow, okay, I'm glad we weren't sitting right there. It was crazy. It was really crazy. It came out with some amazing force. And you'd think if there was some kind of pressure event in there, they all would have come off or something, but... They, none of them did, and I don't. It's not. It's the chimney's not attached to anything. Literally, these are just pipes. There's no air. There's no anything. Um, so that was a crazy, kind of terrifying event. And then mo more recently, um, the uh, in here there's a, a taxidermy pronghorn antelope. Well, the other day, I don't know, it was maybe four months ago or something, three months ago. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, it wasn't long ago, three, two, two months ago. Uh, around six in the morning, I heard a crashing sound, like a, or a weird sound, like someone like knocking on the door, but like in a, not knocking, but like pounding, kind of like dum, 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 dum. Your, your experience, what you said, he said, I feel like the taxidermy things don't belong. Someone doesn't like them. So, and that's one of the few pieces of actual taxidermy I have. So you'll notice a lot of the taxidermy I have is not taxidermy, it's just wood. Yeah, um, I don't really collect a lot of taxidermy, and I, a friend of mine was um, just selling that, and it was a very good price, and I like a good deal, so I was like, oh, I'll buy it. So anyway, so uh, yeah, I had it on the wall. Well, anyway, I walked around that, that after it, I heard it, I got up, as usual, came downstairs, walked around, didn't see anything, went up and went back to bed. Um, so then later that morning... Um, we were down in the kitchen, and then, I don't know, I decided to go get something out of the parlor. I came, I went down the hall, opened the door, and that uh, pronghorn was literally in the middle of the room. It was like, just, I was just like, whoa. So, um, I don't know if you've noticed them, because I make them not noticeable, but there's security cameras everywhere. Um, like, there's one in the cuckoo clock in the parlor, so I have cameras in places. And so I was like, well, let me check the footage. And... Sure enough, in the footage, there it is, uh, on the floor, back up. It literally flies off the wall onto the floor. I mean, it, it like it looks like it's been thrown. It looks like yeah. it's been it looks like it was thrown. Yeah. So, um, and I can show and, you that. And too. yeah, he's got it on video. He'll, yeah. So like, it, so it's <laughs> totally got thrown into the middle of the room. Projectile. Yeah. yeah like it was a projectile launch of that head. So. So anyway, so those are some some examples of some things that have happened here. Two other people saw the kind of smoky beings. Both of them saw a, a singular smoky being in the parlor. I used to have a day bed in the parlor, and sometimes guests would come and, and sleep there. In both cases, both people reported a man sitting at the edge of the bed, or a man, they sensed it was a man, but it was a smoky figure. 
Um, one, uh, literally pounded on my door in the night crying and she told me that she'd seen it and she ran out into the night like in bare feet and left the house. Um, the other was like, it was the most amazing experience ever. I want to see that guy again. So like, so there's perspective, I think. Um, so like, <laughs> that was, that was Cass who was like all about it. She was like, that was so awesome. She's like, uh, so there were two people that experienced a man in, in this room. Um, and saw the same exact thing that I saw. And then also, um, we had a film crew here. It was a student film. They were all Saudi Arabian. And I, uh, they were like, they were filming, they actually used the house as a set that was to take place in Saudi Arabia, actually, which is interesting. And somehow they made it work. They were, they like, they didn't shoot in any of the colorful rooms and like they, it, it was kind of amazing. But anyway, it was about a girl who gets put into this kind of halfway house that they do in Saudi Arabia uh, for like having a magazine or something, like having like a cosmopolitan magazine and eventually like kills herself. And like, cause this is kind of the thing, like terrible things that ends up happening. Well, they were getting ready to shoot the scene where she hangs herself up in the TV room, which is where there's like a whole host of things. That's like a very busy room. And um, they, um, we're taking photos of her just kind of, she's standing on a box and there's a pole and she's just like holding it. They're not gonna, it's not what they were filming. They were just taking kind of behind the scenes shots. And so I had gone to lunch, I came back and then one of them comes up to me and they say, do you have a ghost in the house? And I said, why, maybe? (laughs) And they're like, "Uh, we took a photo of it. And I was like, really? And I was like, let me see. So there's, it's a sequence of photos of this girl holding onto a pole, but in one of the photos, it looks like a black smoke has come out of the ceiling and is enveloping her. Um, it's really weird. Like, it looks like smoke. And when you look at it close up, you can kind of see it's smoky and it's just around her. And I learned later that um, in Islamic mythology, um, and some of you probably know this, but I didn't really know it. I never made the connection, but... In Islamic mythology, there's a race of beings that exist a- a- among us, the jinn, which is where the word genie comes from. And that's why genie looks like it's smoke and comes out of the lamp. The jinn look like we see them as smoky beings. They exist around us at all times, but we can't always see them and they can't always see us. But sometimes there's a crossover and we can have encounters with them. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're just ambivalent. They're just doing their thing. But the jinn are these smoky beings that exist among like in our world but on in another plane another dimension almost and like yeah so then they were like gin they're like it's the gin <laughs> um so i was just like oh interesting yeah i never really knew and that's what that's what a genie is is you know there's smoke and uh so yeah so that uh there's been reports uh in the room with the dinosaur um Previously, that was that's served as a bedroom. I had a friend who who stayed there. She was living there, and she said one night she had gone to the bathroom in the night, and as she was going back, but she'd woken up because she thought like someone was jumping on her bed, and she got up and then ended up going to the bathroom. And as she was going back, she f- felt somebody brush by her, and she thought she heard a like what sounded like a little girl say sorry, and. Um, the psychic had reported that a little girl goes back and forth between that room and the bathroom and she's very sick, like with something. Um, that was, uh, that was something that, um, she had said. 
And the very first thing that anyone had experienced before the, the later, like anyone who wasn't me living in the house had experienced, someone had saw a dog in that room um, and also on the stairwell too. We've had a lot of reports of dogs um, in the house. And the, the psychic <clears throat> said, again, didn't tell her anything. She said that she believed there were two dogs that lived in the house and they were not from the same time period. They were different, unrelated dogs. Um, and we've had dogs behave very weirdly in the house too. But I'm mostly happy. Um, any dog that is released into this house, like and has free range, will run upstairs and go in the TV room. They just run up there. They shoot right up there and then like run around and have a great time. Like they love it up there. Get on the couch. And, like, but like somehow they like know that's the place to go. Um, but then once I was, I had a dog here um, who was afraid to be in the master bedroom, and um, and this is a big dog, a German Shepherd. Um, and was in the TV room because dogs love the TV room. So then I was like, come on, let's go downstairs. And it was just me and the dog in the house at the time. And, um, I walked out, this is, sorry, this is the one other time I felt somewhat afraid. Uh, and the dog like walked a few steps out of the TV room, looked at the room where the dinosaur is and just started growling and backing up. And it was just like, and just backed up into the TV room and would not come down. So I was like, well, that's scary. Um, I'm going downstairs. Good luck up here. So I went downstairs, and a few minutes later, the dog came like scrambling down at high speed. So, yeah. So anyway, those are some stories. There's a lot of stories. Yeah, but. there's uh, there's the TV that would turn on and off one one morning. Oh for yeah. You. Oh yeah. That uh, was that was. Uh, that's a. That, that, that's thank you. That's a, I'll things. tell you that. I'll tell you that story, and that'll be, and then we can mill around or whatever. So. Uh, maybe a year, two years ago, I'd say, I woke up four in the morning, TV in the, that room had turned on. So I was like, I get out of bed because I have this kind of, when these things, I, it's happened so many times that I'm kind of like, Ugh. so I get out, turn off the TV. I'm like walking back to bed. I just get to the bed, like the edge of the bed, TV turns back on. I walk back in, turn the TV off, stand there, look at it for a minute. I'm like, okay, go back in the room get in bed literally my head is like on the pillow tv turns on and then i'm like god damn it so like i get up stomp in there and i'm like turn off the tv i'm like stop turning on turning off the tv i'm like yelling at the tv stop turning off the tv i'm trying to sleep like what are you why are you turning on do you want me to come in here we watching tv i'm not gonna watch tv i'm like just turn I'm like so i'm just standing there you turn it on i'm gonna i'll wait for you if you want to turn it on again and waited for a little while, and I was like, okay, fine. Went back to bed, didn't turn on again. So, But I literally yelled, was yelling at the TV, like, or, like, whatever, turning the TV on. And the, But then it didn't turn on again. So, you know, well, I don't know. I have a few, as well, updates. Um, we did a paranormal investigation back in March. It was the very first one. Ellie, you said you saw a blue... Yeah. Right here, which happens to be a very energized, there's like all, yeah. all kinds of electricity power circuit right there. She was sitting right there on that sofa, and she saw it, and I went over there, and it really did have a lot of electromagnetic energy. It was really charged in that area. Um, so that was worth noting. One of the people that... Uh, were there on the first night, claimed that she didn't feel any kind of dog energy. She felt the cat energy. Hmm. And I just kind of noted it. The next night for part two of the paranormal investigation, there was a couple in the master bedroom. 
with a recorder and recorded a cat meow, <laughs> which was very weird. Very distinct, too. Very distinct cat meow. And so I ended up calling that person that the night before that said that they had felt cat energy and said, you know, I think you're right. There was, we picked up a cat meow. <laughs> um, Tammy picked up an EVP in the bedroom. Or was it? It in was the, in Robert's in bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. It was um it was really funny. It, because the there was a girl in the group that asked about the old man and she said, um, how old are you? And in the background you can hear this man's voice that doesn't match anyone in the room. He he goes, Old <laughs> like, He's like, Old, obviously I'm old. So it was Funny. It was scary, but it was funny. (laughs) These things kind of start, you know, you start getting a better picture of what was going on. I'll tell you, um, when Psychic Kids came here uh, a couple of months ago, I was brought in um, as kind of the historical person, and I just kind of led a tour. Uh, Not with the, the Psychic Kid itself, but with the production crew. And when we were upstairs... I'd never seen, you would think a production crew for a paranormal show would not get so spooked. But that upstairs bathroom door opened by itself. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they jumped. And they were like going, and that's, they go, has that, does that happen? And I said, well, I've never seen it open. But I'm like, it happens it's, you know, I'm like, it's not a big deal, but it, I thought it was kind of funny. But uh, the child that they brought in, she had some, she picked up some interesting stuff. I'd say she was about 50% correct um, with her findings. Of course, they edited it to where she was like 100% correct, yeah. you know. But she was about 50% correct on her findings. But one of the things that she picked up on that I thought was interesting is she felt that this was once a hotel. And it wasn't a hotel, but it was a boarding house for women. And they had women staying in almost all of the rooms in the house, including the one we're in now. No, not this room. Not this room? That okay, room. no, the social, this was the social room. This room and the dining room were okay. common area. Uh, but even the basement, people were living in the mm-hmm. basement, the sons of one of the owners. Um, so there were, what, 17? 16, 16 women 16, and a 17. family of four. Yeah. So 20 people. So I thought it was pretty interesting that she picked up on a hotel because it is kind of, would have that kind of energy. But she picked up on a couple of names that were relevant. One was uh, the name John, and I know everyone knows a John, I believe. But there was a, one of the sons or grandsons of one of the owners did die mysteriously. And I haven't been able to figure out how he died, but he died young. And uh, I want to say he died in 1935, and he was 30 years old or so. And he's buried in Forest Lawn, Glendale. And uh, cannot figure out how he died, but it's strange, because according to the 1930 U.S. Census, he was unemployed. And there just isn't a lot of information about him. Everyone else in, in the family was working, but not this one. But anyway, she picked up on a young guy named John. And I thought, that's interesting. And then um, a little backstory: There haven't been that many owners. But one of the common themes with this house is widows. It was uh, Harriet Harris was the first owner. That's the Harriet house is named after her. She was a widow. 
she lived with a housekeeper housekeeper and that was it in this big old house that's what we know or what we think we know uh, she lived here until the late 19 teens then she sold it to another widow who came in and with her daughter and tons of grandkids and uh, Annie McRae was that person and she might have died in this house um, because she was already somewhat aged aged when she came in and she died I want to say uh, I want to say either 20s or 30s I'd have to look at my notes exactly but her, her daughter continued on living here but there are tons then the next person that moved in, uh, they sold this house um, in the early 40s. And they sold it actually to a married couple, but then the husband died not long after moving in here, leaving yet another widow. And so she's the one that turned this into a boarding house in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And she was big into growing plants and horticulture and uh, square dancing, square dancing. Yeah, we. I found pictures of her um, and sent them to sent, sent you quite a few. Mm -hmm. I met her grandkids too. Yeah, and um, but she didn't die in the house, and she ended up selling it to a man who was older. There's your older connection, and he died not long after he bought the house and it fell into the possession of his younger wife who uh, who sold the house to Robert eventually. Mm -hmm. So this little psychic girl picked up on the older man's first name. I mean, I had just found it out that day just because I was nervous that they'd throw me a haymaker. So I, it took me forever to get this guy's first name. She named him and said that he was older. So if you see ever see that episode and you see my reaction, it's, it's genuine because I had just found that information out and she honed in on it. So he may be your older, older uh, entity here. It does match with the, the paranormal, paranormal reports. Okay? What was his name? I don't want to say Steve. I, I have to look. Uh, I'll look it up. Uh, it, it'll be, if you watch the episode, that's what it'll they be said. There. The, yeah, Steven, Stephen, mm -hmm. and they said they, that's what they said upstairs. They said Stephen or Stephen. They said it's somebody I know. I'm like I don't know anybody by Stephen or Steve. Okay, I think that was the name, but I'll, I'll have to double check. Like I said, it took me forever to figure that out because it, it's not readily accessible because it's too recent. Yeah. So I had to go back through tons of <laughs> records, and before I found it, because the woman re eventually. I believe being married or something, but she always kind of joked to Robert, it's kind of a mean joke, but I said, now that he's married, he better be worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, when I had the house historically listed, I actually had presented to the city that I wanted to call it the widow's house because of all the widows, and they were like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're going to call right. it the Harris house after Harriet Harris. I was like, all right, but that's the common thing with this house, is it has widow energy. That's why I find it interesting that people are seeing men ghosts here. Male ghosts here. Um, because you would think, being a boarding house for women, you would think um, 
all the people that have come through, you know. So there must have been some men that were socializing here too that were boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean, I know the third owner's two sons that lived in the basement, they actually married a couple of the boarders, the tenants here. So, you know, there probably were some sneaking around the alley with <laughs> Sally going on here, you know. Yeah. I remember Zachariah, right? Yeah. Did say there's all these women in this man. Mm -hmm. Did you? Yeah. Our seance yeah. And, and it so was there was a lot of activity and it was just uh, there was like references of balloons and imagery of a party and like and then it's when you do a seance it's hard to know is it connected to the people directly in the seance or is it the building itself yeah. so that's that's why I was like it's like I told everybody in each group I was like I'm not fishing for information I'm just saying what's coming in my head yeah if it sits with you cool if it doesn't then it might just be this space because it's a vibration you know, yeah. Well, so. one of the yeah one of the claims that that probably didn't make the episode. I never saw the episode of Psychic Kids, but I, never saw I was brought in to kind of fact check the, the 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 psychic child's claims. But there was an adult that had been on Psychic Kids ten years before, and he was very fascinated. So he like followed me out into the driveway, and he was like, "Here's what I really wanted to say, but I couldn't say it. But was this place a speakeasy at one time?" Mm -hmm. And I said, well, never, I don't, there's nothing in the records. But he also claimed that he thought he saw someone from the 19th century around this area. And that he was wearing like a frock coat mm -hmm. and looked much older, from an older period. And so I said, well, I don't really know. I mean, the, you know, right outside the street was where the railroad, you know, the, the streetcars would go through. And this was, you know, going to be before Leslie Brand came over and remapped Glendale. This area was going to be close to downtown. Glendale um, Avenue was supposed to be the main thoroughfare, not Brand Street, you know. And so they were laying down and trying to map at the original settlers of Glendale. This was going to be the area. Uh, and it didn't turn out that way. So, well, one thing that's a little interesting about, and I, I know we're going to want to wrap up soon right. since it's getting a little late, but uh, the Glendale used to have a sanitarium here. If anyone's ever seen photos of it, Disneyland's Haunted Mansion in Paris is actually based on the sanitarium that was in Glendale, and that is oh, wow. it was just two blocks from here where City Hall is now. It actually had been built as a hotel. It was only very briefly a hotel, then it became a sanitarium, and then they tore very briefly, and then they tore it down. But like it's interesting if you see it in black and white photos, it's very spooky. But if you find like color, there's color postcards and stuff. It's all like garish colors, like yellow and all kinds of stuff. But it's like got these kind of like rounded towers and stuff and very big and interesting looking so yeah look up the glendale like sanitarium um and yeah and the the well you know everything in disneyland gets designed in, it's in glendale here so yeah so the a lot of the imagineers were inspired uh for the um the haunted mansion there they used some of the architectural stylings of the glendale sanitarium so so you talked to family members that had owned this or visited yes. or lived. Yes. Did any of them say that they had experienced anything when they were here? We never really talked about it. So I, the only people I really met, I mean, I met the, did I ever meet them? I think I briefly met the people who owned the house I bought it from. 
because when we did the real the walkthrough, the the like you know, I, I came to to see the listing. They were just still in the house, which they always say don't be in the house when people come to leave your house. But anyway, they were like floating around, but we kind of so I I sort of met them, but we didn't talk. And then I met the grandchildren of the woman who owned this in the '40s. I had noticed a bunch of people out front taking photos of the house, like four people in their 70s. And I was like, oh, hey, uh, you know, can I help you or whatever? And they're like, oh, this was our grandmother's house. I was like, oh, well, come on in. And they had never been in most of the house. They had come, they'd come to the stairs because all these people lived in the house. So they weren't allowed into all their rooms. They never were allowed into even their grandmother's room. So like as they're walking around the house, they were like, I never was in this room. I remember this. And like, yo, uncle whatever lived in the basement and they were down there. Um, and they were like, I remember this, the stairs being so much bigger. I was like, well, if you were like nine years old, then like it low. And they're like, oh yeah. So like they really had a time. They had never been in most of the house, which was interesting, just in kind of like this area and like the hallway um, and so forth. So it's kind of interesting. The third owner was Mary Roseanne Reese, in case anyone yeah. picked so up. It was, that, was, that was her grand, their grandparents. And uh, they were in town for a funeral, uh, apparently. Mm -hmm. But they gave me a lot of information about her and so forth. So. And if the grumpy man is, in fact, this person that might have died in the late 70s, very early 30s, his uh, wife would have been Eileen. Yeah. So, so, Robert. Yes. Quickly, um, what's the story with the TV room? I don't know. Nobody I mean, really knows what okay. that was. I felt woozy in that room. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, that room, I don't know. I don't know what you'd even use it for. I mean, when you build houses like this in Victorian times, uh, a lot of times rooms would be used as closets. They didn't really build a closet so much. So that room very well could have been full of trunks and, and racks and stuff for clothes originally. And then over time, I don't know, the people I bought it from used it as an office. Um, and who knows? Don't know. But in the 40s, I know that like two or three women lived in that room and in the room, the master bedroom and so forth. So, and, it, and back in Victorian times, you know, well, this is Edwardian times technically because it's 1902. Um, the master bedroom would always be downstairs. So the room that has the Chinese bed, that was the master bedroom um, because it would be too hot upstairs and the, you'd want the, the master bedroom would be in this kind of grand, the more grand room. And then also, you never let any visitors come beyond the parlor, pretty much. So they, no one ever saw the rest of your house. So the master bedroom would always be downstairs, and then the next room would be maybe a sitting room. There was one room in the house you guys did not get to see, um, which we don't really uh, show on tours. It's Cleopatra's studio. Um, she's a costume designer. Also, our dogs are in there, but like it's just not. Uh, we don't. It's not possible to tour in there. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. So, but that would have been their sitting room for the for the master bedroom um, and they would have been able to walk to the bathroom and stuff upstairs would be for like in-laws grandparents kids like they could suffer in the heat or whatever so well, <laughs> I could tell you that tonight there are a lot of different people that were coming up and saying that they were feeling fuzzy in some of the upstairs rooms yeah. how many felt fuzzy inside the besides George inside the, the TV room anyone feel kind of fuzzy there you felt fuzzy? Someone said that they were feeling fuzzy in the dinosaur room. Yeah, as well. that was me. I was feeling fuzzy. We also had um, me and a, a couple over here. We had a great session in there with the K2 meters. We we're asking questions. 
and we're getting responses too. Um, but what is in that other room that you were even sitting in with us? The guest room? Yeah, it's like the guest room, but we brought a K2, we set it yep. on the on the bed, and we asked it, please light up for yellow for yes and green for no. Right. And um, it was responding to us, so I mean, we were that like... Was a, that was a bedroom, and um, I've never experienced anything in that room myself, but that was the room where my ex was dreaming that I, of the ghosts. She well, had the dream in that room. There's a, we asked if it was a male presence and it said yes. And then what was the question that you asked in the room? You asked a really good question about the energies in here, if it like collided with the energies or... Uh, yeah, just to say... Uh, so they didn't get along. Yeah, if they got along with everything. Yeah, so he asked a really good question if... Do you or do all the other energies in the separate rooms get along and it blinked to green for no? <laughs> that okay. their energies collide. Like, we asked him, do you stay in this room? And he said, yes. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And uh, one, one, one other thing, and then we should probably get yeah. going. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, not that I'm kicking you out or anything, but uh, no, nothing scary has ever happened in the basement. So even yeah, though like people always think that like the basement <laughs> is the place, it's like it's never had. That's that's the funny thing for a for a haunted place. That is like the most not haunted basement. Ever. <laughs> I'm also, if you want to see, I'm going to show you the video of that thing flying up. Maybe it's true. A ghost can be a lot of things. It could be a memory, a daydream, a secret. It could even be grief and anger. It could even be a pet or someone that you know who's been connected to you. So that is the haunting at Harris House. If you're ever in and around the Glendale area, definitely stop by to go check it out. They're dying to meet you there. We wanted to say a big thank you to Craig Owens of Bizarre Los Angeles and author of Haunted by History Volume 1. Definitely go get his book, guys. It's a really great read to learn more about the haunted history of California. A big special thank you to Robert Koshlin and Cleopatra for opening up their house to us thrill seekers. Another big thank you to Zachariah the Witch and Valentine, his assistant, for conducting such an amazing and quite emotional seance. You should definitely go follow them, guys. You can find Zachariah the Witch on Instagram at Zachariah the Witch. And you can also follow the Historic Harris House at Historic underscore Harris underscore house on Instagram and Bizarre Los Angeles on Instagram and Facebook. But most of all, a huge thank you to our patrons and listeners. Without you, this episode wouldn't have been made possible without you and your support. So thank you. And finally, Bryce and I wanted to wish all you Holly weirdos a happy and safe Halloween. Just remember, guys, to stay weird. But most of all, Stay Holly Weird. <laughs>